Power Live. Welcome back to Peace, Love, and Meet, everybody. We have a, uh, a a rare instance, I should say. We're on. We've got three screens <laughs> on the call today because we have a guest only for the second time on the show, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I want to say thanks to Dr. Jim Laval for joining us today, and we got a mountain of things that we want to get into, and I'm sure we will. Um, but first, thanks for making time, Jim. We really appreciate it. Oh, I've been looking forward to this all week, guys. I really have. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. It's a real honor to be your second guest, <laughs> well, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, it's kind of deserved. I mean, um, your son, Christian, and you know, he introduced us to, to your product line, and we talked about it briefly on the podcast. But um, I think it's a really cool approach that you've taken um, as far as the supplement line and then some, some on the more pharmaceutical line. But you know, the average person and Ross and I were talking about this before, there's such a push for people to regain themselves, to find themselves again, to, to, to correct the wrongs of their body and their, their lifestyle. And that's really one of the coolest things is this has been not only a business venture for you, it's been your life. I mean, from, you know, we talked about early days of bodybuilding and doing really, really well in that and pushing the limit there. And then seeing the other side of that from a health benefit you know, how do we make the body better, healthier, stronger, safer, whatever. And it's, it's just really been a lifelong thing for you. I mean, I'm interested in, in figuring out how you kept the passion going so long and didn't lose those step, you know? Well, yeah, that's huge, man. Because I, I got to tell you, I wake up every morning and all I can think about is the really cool stuff that I can figure out next to help people. I, I don't know where that passion mm -hmm. came from. I, th I think I do actually, you know, it, it, uh, when we get into kind of talking about how I got here, I, th I think it's Im important that, you know, you, you come to some point in your life where you want to be a service mm -hmm. more, you want to help yep. people. Right. I think my wake up call just happened really early in my life. So I got lucky and I got, you know, 50 years of that burning in me, right. I've been in practice doing this work 40 years and, you know, I, I find it to be just, I'm incredibly fortunate that I wake up every morning and I absolutely love like looking forward to coming on with you guys and let's talk about how we can change some people's lives and get them thinking about things differently a little bit, maybe thinking about attitudes and what nutrients and Hey, I never really realized why I eat everything out of the household after five o'clock at night. Yeah. Right. Like little things like that. People don't mm -hmm. understand. And I just, you know, Fire burn strong, man. I, I really have not had a time. I have to be honest. I've never had a time where I wasn't absolutely engaged in yeah. this space. I mean, that's from writing the 26 books and four databases. I got two more books coming out this year, two rewrites. I, I just, I don't know what it is. I think my son would probably say, dad, you, you got a couple wires yeah. crossed. <laughs> well, it's, a, but that's, I mean, but that's how, like people who end up yeah. doing something for such a long time at a high level, like you kind of have to be, I mean, like Brandon can speak to that from a competitive standpoint in powerlifting, right? Like there's no sane person at the top of yeah, the field. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody's a little crazy when you're the, like at the top 0.1% in the world at something you have yeah. to be to get there. <laughs> it's a good thing. That's a I'm using yeah. a term of endearment. Come on. Well, you know what you reminded me of just kind of going through some of that, I won't say credentialing necessarily, but like qualifying the things that you've done. It reminds me of, uh, I was at Arlington cemetery and you see a lot of these, um, these tombstones. I saw a, a guy that was like 24 years old and just the list 
of military accomplishments that he had as a 24 year old that passed away in combat, you know, it, it's like, right. Holy crap. And then you go back cool. to some of the, the others and every tombstone in that place is impressive for its own reasons. But some of the things that you see that a person can do in 60 years or 40 years or 25 years. And, you know, you talked about just being over the hump of 60, um, you know, even 26 books, you think about the the breadth of time. Cause I mean, I was an English major, you know, I wrote 50 page papers, let alone books. And, and that was difficult and challenging enough, you know, just to source everything and cite everything. And how do you find the time? I guess that's the other part of the equation of passion is how do you maintain the passion and find the time like for all of it? Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting. You know, yesterday I had one of these really breakthrough days. So, um, we got to educate Fort Bragg. So we're working with the medical groups at Fort Bragg to teach them kind of our philosophy and work together with them on, on just helping our folks that are, you know, protecting all of us, man, they deserve it. Yep. They need it. And, uh, and so I had that going on. And at the same time, I also, well, I was in a meeting at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, where I'm the co-chair planning out education for 2024. And, you know, it's a lot. Um, but I don't know. I think I was blessed with being dyslexic and having somewhat of a photographic memory. So I don't have to worry about reading through things a lot. I tend, I tend to blueprint stuff page by page mm -hmm. quick and um, have still have a pretty good memory for being an old guy. Uh, and so I think, you know, I, I find the time I do sleep. People ask <laughs> me, I bet you don't get enough sleep. And it's like, no, I get, I get enough sleep. It's just when I'm awake, I want to be productive. You know, like I got my gym in my garage. I, I don't drive to a gym. I go out in my garage yeah. and I hit it, you know, and I hit it five, six days a week because I know I have to as I'm aging, you know, it, it's important. And, and other than that, it's, it's so fascinating to me, you know, how, you know, basically we build our metabolism over our mm -hmm. lifetime, right? You know, from the time you're in your mother's womb till today is really this, it's the sum total of all that chemistry, the decisions you made, how you trained, what you got exposed to, the stress you're under, what you ate, all this stuff is, it, it's like a mosaic for me when I, and I really, it's almost like it for me, I feel like I'm more like an artist when I'm looking at someone's chemistry and it just, that passion for that never stops. And I think, you know, now, of course, I mean, I'm going to be honest. You know, in my early days, I wrote every last word. Now I do outlines, I gather sure. data, yeah. I have staff that helps me, and then I organize it in my frame of mind the way I want sure. to present it. So I try to be truthful about that as well. Um, but it's but it's it's still one of those things where look, I I, I tell you what, man, I probably got ten more books in my head. I got to get out before yeah. I go. You know, I can't mm -hmm. just can't stop. So that's I I don't know how I do it. Um, my, I mean, my staff always said I was alien. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I, when, I hit, when I hit myself and cut myself, I still plead pretty good though. So I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I guess let's, you know, Ross and I were both talking a little bit before we started here. And I'll just kind of segue from my introduction to lifting through a, through a football coach. And, and I think that's a, a traditional introduction for a lot of kids, a sports coach, something like right. that. But the first training book that I ever picked up uh, outside of a flex magazine or a, a muscle mag or something like that was uh, Mike Mincer's 
uh, high intensity training, the heavy duty training. And, uh, you know, it's like that book, Mike's anti-culture philosophy, kind of that approach to, you know, Joe Weeder's the guy selling the, the medicine. And he's also selling you the magazine that tells you you need the medicine, you know, uh, you know, right, selling you the illness right. to give you the cure kind of thing. Um, exactly. And he was, he was really anti that, which is, I think it's a little bit of me. I'm rebellious in that way too. What was your introduction yeah. to, to lifting? What was some of those golden years of the, of the late seventies, early eighties, like being in it? Because we look at that era with so much fondness. I mean, Ross is 10 years younger than I, I'm 20 years younger than you. And we're all kind of, you know, tied by that bond of the, those early era, the oh, Dave yeah. Drapers, the Mike Mincers, the Franco Columbos, the Arnolds, um, you know, the, what's his name? little Kenny, yeah. the redheaded Kenny, what's his name uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. I can't think of his name, but you know, he was in pumping iron <laughs> as well. And man, those guys, I think the reason they stick out to me is they felt attainable. You know, there was an attainability to that look as much as they were like heroic and statuesque, they were attainable. The average yeah. bodybuilder now, yeah. well, I won't say the average, but the professional bodybuilding world now, yeah. I think is just looked at as a, as a, I don't even know if it's looked at as a sport or just a high end science experiment at this point. <laughs> but just from your, just from your eyes and views of being in that time, did you know how special it was and what was it like just getting started for you in the training? Oh man, I got to tell you guys, um, it was amazing for me. And like how I started training, I was 13 years old. Um, I was that kind of skinny kid. I had the Forrest Gump shoes cause they had to put a, a, a leg straightener in there cause I was braced as a kid. Well, in you know, seventh grade, I popped up, I got big, started playing football. Um, you know, you know, I had, all these people trying to get me to go to all these different private schools to play. And I start, kind of found my power, right? You find your power at one point. And uh, I started training. and It was funny. I remember I was 13 and I, I was refusing to go on vacation unless my mom took my barbell set and a bench in the trunk. It's like, I am not going. And I mean, I gave them so much hell that we ended up packing a bench and a barbell and some weights in the back of the trunk. Cause back then we had the old, old star fire, the trunk, hell you could fit five bodies right. in it. Right. Yep. I mean, you had plenty of room in that thing. And so I was really got passionate about training. And I, I had this disorder actually called seatosystoma where you have very high testosterone. And so I ended up having close to a 400 pound bench when I was 16. So I was just like, I was just crushing people, you know, I was playing football at LaSalle High School, private boys school, you know, got a scholarship for playing football, but was, you know, it's kind of felt like a warrior, right? But in my, in my senior year playing an all-star game, I collapsed a disc in my neck and I had to, I could have went and kept my scholarship. I couldn't have ever played again because they said, look, you're going to risk paralysis, man. You can't play with a collapsed disc in your neck. And uh, it was just a freak accident, weird hit, weird shearing force. That crushed me, yeah. guys. I mean, I was – my identity, I didn't know anything other than I was going to play football. I mean, I was 5'11", weighed 280 pounds, playing nose tackle, <laughs> right? I mean, I was, I was like, you know, block. Yeah. And my, my nickname was yeah. Chunky. You know, like the, the, the chocolate bar oh, yeah. Chunky back in the set. Yep. Yep. Right? That was my nickname, right? And – and then I found bodybuilding 
and I found bodybuilding in a very elite group. Matt oh, Mendenhall, yeah. Jeez. Uh, Rob McBeth won the USA heavyweight. Donnie Gay, middleweight. I'm Lance. Uh, I, I, I trained with all these mm-hmm. guys. And, and then the idols, Mike Menser. I was moving Donald's equipment for uh, Kim Wood. And Kim Wood and Mike Gittleson were big into the high intensity training and they were the distributors for Nautilus. So they had a whole showroom there and I learned high intensity training uh, from them and, you know, followed the, you know, the Colorado experiment. Casey Viator. Air Force Cadets. Yeah. yeah. Casey Viator was like, oh, I can do this. I can be a brute. And I still remember just kind of, Really looking up. I'll just send you guys a picture of me when I was 21, man. I, I, I have one. Christian sent, Christian sent oh, us one. Yeah, I'm, yes. like I'm not sure that I want it posted. I was going to say, you're just, missing the, you're just missing the glasses in that picture, I think. But other than that, you look just yeah. like him. <laughs> it's weird, right? Well, I mean, I literally, he was like my idol. Yeah. Like yep. Menser, I was anti-culture. I was like, look, I'm going to train harder. I'm going to do negatives. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to literally blister anybody mm-hmm. in the gym. You know, when I got to where I got my, you know, got my 890 double on my squat and my 530 bench back in the day, back in the late 70s, that was some That's real, real numbers. real numbers in 2023. <laughs> That's, I was just going to well, say, it's yeah, still real, man. I, mean, I, wasn't using, I wasn't using suits. And I, mean, I wouldn't even wrap my knees till I hit 600. I mean, I was stupid. You know, but, but I mean, I was passionate about my training. And that really, but what happened was I was going through pharmacy school qualified for a national event, right? Won a national qualifier. And I just couldn't do school and train anymore like that. So it really pushed me into the high intensity training, less, you know, a little less frequency on the workout, but really just scorching it when you're Mm -hmm. in the gym. Mm -hmm. And, but I had some issues that, you know, I I was very sickly as Mm -hmm. a kid. Antibiotics. I thought antibiotics were part of my meal plan, man. The, the pink bubble gum taste and antibiotic, man. The amoxicillin and Dimatap, purple flavor yeah. stuff. Loved yeah. it. Well, the issue was, you know, you develop, end up getting dysbiosis. You know, the gut's growing a lot of bad bugs. I'm getting these rashes all over my body. So I'm looking pretty good at, you know, age 20. You know, I mean, solid, like the picture. And I mean, I would walk through pharmacy school and, the, you know, my, my professors even told me, we're kind of scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're not going to go off right. on it, sorry. It's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gentle, I'm Italian. What Italians are Italian? Nobody does. <laughs> or, you know, so I was like, so, so I had to go to someone to help straighten my chemistry mm. out. And I was blessed that I went to, absolutely one of the best practitioners in the United States and outside of Dayton, Ohio. And he cleaned me up and I'm finishing my pharmacy school and I'm going, what? And even though my pharmacy school, you know, we were founded by, you know, Lloyd brothers, which was like the, the, the real big researchers in botanical medicine. I took a year of pharmacognosy, really dug plant medicine. It did organic medicinal biochemistry, looking at molecular structures of things. All that stuff was cool because when I got healed using natural therapies, I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to just sit. I I can't think about sitting behind a counter and just pumping drugs Mm -hmm. into people. That isn't going to work. So what got me into this? You guys asked, you know, what created the passion? I'm going to tell you what did because I I might even get choked up because I always do on this because it still touches me. 
My grandmother was a fingerless, toeless, blind diabetic. When I was a little boy, I'd run into the, the hunting lodge that they they ran, a skeet lodge and a hunting lodge, right? So we go up there and I'm making bullets and, you know, packing shells and doing all kinds of cool mm. stuff, right? For a Hell kid, yeah. you know? But I'd run into that lodge and I'd have to stand in front of her and she'd be blind sitting in the sunlight in her chair and she would feel my face to see how I grew. So you got to think of a six-year-old and your grandma don't have any fingers and she's doing this stuff to you. You're thinking about diabetes at a very early right. age. Mm. My father was a diabetic. Mm. All my uncles and aunts were diabetic and diabetes tears people apart, guys, right? I mean, you get amputations, you get heart disease, you get dementia. So what happened was my first job, I was behind the counter. I'm, you know, I'm 255 pounds. They said, we're going to put you in the roughest neighborhood because nobody is going to steal from you. I mean, literally, that's what that's what the pharmacy coordinator told me. He goes, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you, it, at that time, it was in New, like Newport, Kentucky, which is like literally stripper capital of southeastern yeah. Ohio, right? I mean, it was, yeah. you know, boarded windows at night. Lady comes up to me at 10 till 9 at night. She hands me a prescription. She's on a Medicaid card, so government pay. She's got prescriptions for diabetes. She goes shopping, coming back. I'm just out of school. I looked over at her her grocery cart, and I was like, oh, my God. She has no idea what she's eating. This is 1983, mm-hmm. all right? And I asked her, I said, can I take you around the store and show you something? And, and she went, oh, okay, kind of a weird request. I wasn't supposed to leave the pharmacy. I didn't know any better. Take her around, show her some better options, still affordable. She ends up. Next two weeks, I got 14 more people in the toughest neighborhood in the greater Cincinnati area coming in asking for the grocery mm-hmm. store tour. What did that tell me? Everybody at every level of income desires mm-hmm. health. I went to the Kroger. So here's what happens. I go to the president of Kroger's. At the time, I had an earring and a ponytail. Probably not smart. I went to the, <laughs> went to the guy, president of Kroger's. I said, hey, I want to tag foods for diabetes. I want to tag foods for heart disease. I want to test people for their lipids and their blood sugar in Kroger's. And he looked at me, he said, son, and I said, I want to do a shopping guide telling people what food to pick. I'm not going to tell people what to, to buy because a lot of our best people, our best companies have terrible food. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do it. He goes, and how'd you get in here anyway? <laughs> I said, I'm persistent. He goes, well, I'm not going to do that. There's no way. And I, and I said, well, okay, but you will. I go to the pharmacy coordinator. I give him the same idea. I go to the Jewish Hospital Cholesterol Center. I'd already written a book on how to shop at Kroger's. Nobody knew it. So I had the guide ready. He approves it. We end up finding more diabetics, more glucometers, created the first FDA food tagging system that was approved nationally. 2.7 million impressions a month. So what did that tell you, man? What it tells you is, Reach out to one person and do not prejudice yourself about what they can do right. for you. Mm. You should be worried about what you can do for them. And I and that's true for my whole mm. career, guys. I mean, I know it sounds a little passionate, a little over the top, but I mean, that is what absolutely shaped my next 40 years. And then, I mean, it's been a whirlwind of, you know, shoot, man, even guys like Charles Pollock, when I went and taught for Pollock mm. Group, did that program. Uh, work with athletes in all five major league sports, obviously, and first responders and military. And then I just work with people every day. I mean, I work with people that are struggling, man. They got colitis. They got, you know, they got diabetes. They're overweight. They can't figure out. They don't feel good. 
And, uh, and so that journey started the passion for how do you educate people? The next thing that really made this explode for me, they outlawed ephedra. You remember back in the day when ephedra people ECA. were taking ephedra? is like, yeah, man, ephedra. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we don't like that. Uh, but ephedra got outlawed. And, and ephedra got out banned in Ohio first. And so DEA agents went into a Kroger store and they brought a bag of a, a, like a box of ephedra tea that was still on the shelf. And they asked the pharmacist to ring out the box of tea. Pharmacist rings out the box of tea. They take them out in handcuffs. Holy shit. All right. So I get called and basically they said, hey, man, I think we need to start teaching about natural products. So I got asked to be an appointed adjunct professor at the University of Cincinnati College of Pharmacy and also ended up teaching at the College of Medicine there for fourth year med students. And I taught a survey of natural medicine where we started to educate people and get them in a discussion that natural products have value. And so that was the next big step where, you know, okay, I got it in academically. I started writing books, getting published, doing, you know, books that were endorsed like textbooks. You know, I wrote textbooks, I wrote consumer books. I mean, and that, that was kind of the, the next big thing that really shaped you know, kind of as I was getting motivated and working on people, how it changed my life was that, wait a second, we're, we're going to arrest people for natural compounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I wanted okay. to ask you about that because in that, in that, in that space of time, I imagine anybody that, and well, I know this for a fact, anybody that takes on the pharmaceutical world to a degree, right? Like doesn't generally go well for those mm-hmm. people. Right. So like, I mean, obviously the reception by the people that you're helping in this time is amazing, but how are like throughout this, these early stages, when you start bringing all these ideas and doing all these things, how are you being received by like other colleagues in the space that are maybe not like they're a part of maybe the bigger project, if you know what I'm saying? Oh, he opened up a can of worms. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, well, look, one of the reasons I agreed to teach at the College of Pharmacy and College of Medicine is it gave me a protection. that yeah. I was doing it responsibly. So I did that. But I mean, look, I remember when I started, um, that, I mean, my professors would say, don't listen to that guy. Vitamins make expensive urine. He's nuts. Yeah. Literally, my yeah. fellow professors. But then when I would teach with the students, they'd be going, oh, my God, look at all this research. How come we're not being taught this? Right. So there has to be that ability, that desire. You know, you kind of work within the system, yet be a rebel. Yep. Right. You got you got to got to go there. Um, And then what was really interesting to me is so I, I, I end up, you know, starting to have a very successful career being pretty well known. So two things happen. I'm living out in Indiana, bought a farm, like darkest spot in a five-state area. I'm out there just saying, I'm going to write, going to see a few people, changing my lifestyle, go out there and watch the water lilies bloom, all that yep. stuff, right? And go you know, check out wildlife, do, do the whole thing. Ten years I lived there. I get a call from the head of internal medicine for Good Samaritan Hospital. And I said, how do you even know me? He goes, well, you have a pretty big reputation. I said, well, what do you want me to do? Because I want you to start an integrative medicine program at Good Samaritan Hospital. I want you to help bring us in. You got to bring us in. You got you to come in and help us. We got a Sisters of Charity grant. We've burned through all the money and we're in the red. 
Yeah. I, and, and we're not going to further this if you don't come in and help. Mm. And I said, well, why'd you pick me? He says, well, I checked around and you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so to your point, man, yeah. I was, it was like, there was no trust at all. Man. And then, uh, you know, after that, I get, uh, so I do that successfully. I put them in the black. I get asked, you know, Chris Collinsworth, uh, the head of technology for Procter and Gamble and board member, uh, Gordon Brunner, uh, John Zerby, head of GE medical, their chief medical officer. They asked me to come to their facility. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna come to your facility. John Zerby though, the, the, the internal medicine doc, he goes, so what do you do? Um, cut chicken heads off and swirl them around. I mean, what, 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 what's your specialty? <laughs> that was Which my, doctor? that was my introduction uh, yeah. to the guy, right? <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't cut chickens' heads off. I cut bears' heads <laughs> off, and I show yeah. head. yeah. up there. Yeah, I mean, I was like, that's how my yeah. head was. But I was just like, well, you know, you're gonna get. You're, I said, you know, no, you know, you don't have to listen. Just watch what I do with people. Yeah. So one day he gets super sick. I mean, he's got a flu bug that is bad, and he's like, he comes to me, he goes, "You gotta help me." And I was like, okay. I'll help you fine. I give him oscillococcinum, which is a remedy from France. I was a global consultant for a French pharmaceutical company, natural product, very good on flu. I said, here, take these, you know, take these every uh, four hours today, tomorrow, you're going to feel 90% better. And he looked at me, he's like, you know what? You're full of crap. He said a better yeah. one than that. But he comes in the next day and he goes, I don't know what the hell you did to me, but I'm better. I'm going to give this to 20 of my patients with the flu. And I'm going to prove to you that that was placebo. A week later, he comes back to me. He goes, all right, I'm ready to listen to you, man. <laughs> 18 out of 20 people got better. The two people that didn't get better had a bacterial pneumonia. And you told me it would only work on yep. flu. And that mm -hmm. started to change the conversation. I got respect from the top colleagues in the greater Cincinnati area in healthcare and in industry. And that made a big, that made a big difference. And look, in the end, people would always say to me, you have no evidence. And I go, okay, let's go down that trail. If I name any four drugs that you give people, especially when somebody's over 60, like at my age, they're on 10 drugs or eight drugs. You show me one study where all those drugs are being given together at one time and you can prove to me what it's doing. And then they go, oh, 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 well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm an idiot. Yeah, because yeah. you are. Yeah, right? Because you know what? We're all swimming around in this fishbowl trying to figure out chemistry on people. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? So that was the whole, that whole deal, man. Yeah. It was like, it was definitely a trying time. I mean, I could have just made money going on infomercials and selling people, you know, the Hollywood diet. Here, drink this juice and crap your drawers and lose weight in five days. That was going on a yep. lot back then. And I, I was getting asked to do all that stuff because I was good on stage. Yep. Like I motivate people, right? Yeah. But I just, it was so important to create mm -hmm. legitimacy, honestly. And then just, I had incredible mentors. Like I got to mention them. You know, David Poland was a doctor in Medway, Ohio. Alexander Wood, uh, brilliant. Started the Nature Path School in Canada. I used to drive to Canada to get trained under him. I mean, brilliant mentor for me. And they really shaped the thought process of, you got to work from the cell out. Yeah. Mm. If you're not yeah. working to fix the cell mechanisms for energy production and immune regulation and inflammatory signaling 
This is back in the 80s, guys. Like, we're talking about this stuff now, and everybody's, you know, wow, look at this. Reckwick was writing stuff about this in the 60s. And my one doc, you know, was a teacher at Baden-Baden in West Germany at Medicine Week, prestigious area. So I was getting all this info from around the world. And, you know, I think a lot of times if, if your desire is to do good and to really change, the teachers get, they, they appear for you, right? You know, mm-hmm. when a student's ready, the teacher yep. appears story. Yep. I have the best teachers and I stand on their shoulders, man. I mean, and That's I'm, awesome. I'm blessed. I have a lot of students over the last 30 plus years of me educating, but I think they're standing on my shoulders and I hope they do better than me. I hope they accomplish more and do a better job and find new discoveries, just like what I, I crave yeah. to do. Well, I wanted to touch on a subject that, or a point that you made there. You talk about these people who are, you know, getting laced up with five, six, seven to 10 uh, prescriptions as they age. Oh. And the, the single yeah. fact that you mentioned that there aren't studies for uh, co-bonding, like you, you're not looking at, okay, this medicine is good as a standalone. This medicine is good as a standalone, but what do they do together? Um, we talked about something just prior as well um, about apricot seeds and the, the fact that they contain cyanide that a lot of people uh, avoid them. But we were talking about the effects on cancer and this one, tri- yeah, yeah and this one tribe in Pakistan apparently has almost literally no trace of cancer ever. And one of the heaviest portions of their diet is apricot seeds. In America, we're told they have cyanide, just the same as peaches, right? But there's something in there that's also a poison, but together they're inert and they, they actually have a positive benefit for the body. So these first wave impressions of pharmaceuticals or natural remedies, they're not necessarily accurate when you start to combine them with other things, you know? So, so talk a little bit about that. Like what kind of study do you look at when you know this one's good, you know, this one's good, or you know, these two are bad, but when they're together, the bad ones become good or the good ones become bad. Like, how are you able to to research that and understand that? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Brandon. I mean, first thing you got to look at whenever, whenever, whenever anybody is on a drug, they need to look at their drug-induced nutrient depletion, meaning that you take a drug and it depletes a vitamin or mineral out of your body. And then six months later, you're having the symptoms of that depletion. Like um, you take a drug that depletes yeah. melatonin. And now six months later, you can't sleep. And you know what? Oh, oh, you got an Ambien deficiency. We better give you right. some Ambien, or we're gonna we're gonna give you some, you know, we're gonna give you some trazodone instead of looking at that. It happens all the time, and that's one of my big databases that we wrote that you know it, it, that really gained a lot of I, I would say traction. So first, there's that. The second thing is, twenty five percent of the drugs on the market deplete the microbiome and cause problems in your in your microbiome mm-hmm. diversity, and that causes big problems. And then on the drug side, there are great data programs that at least show adverse interactions. Like what's going to make you die? Yeah, right. <laughs> what's going <laughs> to yeah. you know, We don't do this because right. you're dead. Uh, so, you know, that's good. I'm glad we got yeah, that database. Right. Uh, you know, you know and, and, but there really, you know, there aren't, there's very few trials where they're giving more than a couple meds. There's a few trials in heart disease or diabetes where they're doing three at a time, but nothing really crosses over. Now on the plant medicine side, you know, I was fortunate. I, you know, I did a lot of um, 
training, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, understanding how things work together. Uh, studied Ayurvedic medicine a little bit, uh, obviously the German hemabodens and how to combine botanicals. A lot of that's based on, well, let's look at where is the dysfunction in your body and then let's put something together. Let's look at different nutrients that can affect that. And obviously there's trials on nutrients now on single nutrients, kind of like drugs. Hey, if you just take curcumin, all your problems are going to go away. That's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, it's it's like those kind of studies do not really give re enough relevance. Yes, it could help somebody's inflammation. I get it. Glucosamine helps people's joints. I get it. But if you're trying to really correct the chemistry, the way I had to do it over the years um, is I learned a lot about, you know, nutrients. So I wrote four databases on natural compounds. I mean, I wrote a Chinese medicine database, wrote botanical medicine, nutrients, nutraceuticals, you know, all the primary referee tier one references. My library, because I've got a killer staff behind me, our library is pretty impressive, like the amount of studies we've collected and have looked at. And I think it takes a little bit of expertise to say, well, when I design a product, first of all, am I going to put enough of that ingredient in that's going to make a difference? Because that's what happens out there. They're out there buying stuff out in the market, man. They sprinkle stuff in there and they can put the name on the bottle. Mm. Hey, here's this hot nutrient. There's not enough in there to like help a ringworm, you know? I mean, it's like yeah. it didn't get to yeah. help anything. Yep. So one is quality and quantity. Are you using the extraction that was published in the study? Are you giving it in an amount that makes sense and is clinically relevant? And then the most, probably the biggest thing is, is what are you combining it with so you get a synergistic effect? And then how you figure that out is you look at, did I change somebody's mm -hmm. chemistry? Mm -hmm. did, did, did my target work? I gave you a great example. Aged garlic extract out of Japan. I actually lecture for these guys. Um, they have 900 publications. They have human trials showing that it reverses vulnerable plaque in your right. arteries. I mean, but yet, oh, it's a natural compound. It can't have value. The head of the Interventional Cardiology Society for the United States did the studies. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, how more credible can we get? And look at the results. It's not hard to look at a scan and see that you changed the inner lining of the artery and got the inflammation out of it. It's called clearly scan. It showed it in humans. I mean, it'd be one thing if it's like, I always say to people, you know, the next time a rat comes into one of my clinics, I'm going to know exactly what to give yeah. them. Right. right, because mm -hmm. there's so many rats. Yeah. Oh, working rats. Oh, we're not rats. Um, so that's that's kind of what you have to do is you is you look at it clinically, or you do a trial. Um, in traditional botanical, there's recipes from traditional herbalists that you know have been time tested that they use. I think today we're more challenged. People's chemistries are more skewed. Mm. Stress, food quality either lack of exercise or in some cases over-exercise. There's so many other factors now that are pushing people's chemistries to these endpoints where we need stronger extractions uh, that help people to get aligned. Well, and that's kind well of I think I that's think. an interesting point too, is I think a lot of people, and even as you said it, it was kind of a, not, a, not necessarily like a, a realization, but more of just like a reminder that I think a lot of people view themselves as this static entity that the food processes through, you know, you sleep, but the energy or, you know, is regained rather than looking at it as like, okay, my lack of sleep is going to be a continued degradation. 
this poor diet is going to be a continued degradation. You know, it's not like you just automatically reset to zero tomorrow. You know, it's going to be the momentum is going to really carry what you become chemically because it has to process all those things, utilize those nutrients or lack of nutrients, and then you are what remains. So is that something that you feel like most people, when they hear it plainly, it's like, oh yeah, I get it. But do you think the average person is actually educated to that fact? No, I don't think they are. I mean, I, I, you hit it. I mean, Brandon, it's what I've spent my life trying to get people to understand. You nailed that. It's, it is, um, most people think, Hey, I'm okay until I'm sick or I'm okay until I have a disease. And that's what I spent like my, my students, my grad students spent a lot of time when I wrote my, my bioinformatics cloud-based bioinformatics program, where you put in labs, you put in symptoms, and it kind of tells you where your metabolism mm-hmm. is broken, but it's doing it based on trends. So you're exactly right. It's no, it just doesn't happen overnight. Your health is developed over your lifetime. And yeah, if you're in a deficit, you're going to keep digging that hole deeper every mm-hmm. day. And then one day it blooms and you're told you have an illness. Mm-hmm. Great example on diabetes. Everybody goes into the doc, they get a 95 blood sugar. 95 blood sugar is a normal blood sugar. 65 to 99 is normal. What happens? If you're a little overweight, the doc will say, hey, man, you ought to work. You ought to eat better and you ought to work out a little more. Slap you on the back. We'll see you next year. A 95 blood sugar is a 60% risk of being a person with diabetes in the next 10 years. Yeah, see, I think that's the thing, man. As people equate, you know, 120 over 80 is normal blood pressure. 95 is good uh, you know, uh, well, shit, blood sugar, glucose, glucose you know? Yeah. So it's like, we have these metrics that as long as we think we're inside those parameters, we're good. But what is the trend within those parameters? Right. Was, was that's, I a 72 oh. years ago and now I'm a 95. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's where blood, Man. um, I talked to Ross about it. I get blood work three to four times a year. Um, I get two thoroughs and one just kind of like hormone profile, but yeah. the thing about it is right. I'm getting very, very uh, acute, like precision on what needs change, what needs affected. And it's, it's been eye opening to me, someone who has consciously been aware and seeking until I got the actual blood work. Um, I mean, that just removes all doubt or, uh, you know, uncertainty. This is what we're working with. This is yeah. who you are. Let's fix it. You know, that's a hundred percent it. It's like, you know, Trent, I, I wrote a book called your blood mm-hmm. never lies. And that book basically went through and explained, here's your lab value. When it's trending, this is what it means. When it's out of bounds this is what mm-hmm. it means. And here are some things you can do to fix it. Right. Because I think you're, you're exactly right. First of all, there's people that they haven't had a blood sure. test in 10 years. They don't have any idea what's going on. And, you know, they get surprised when they come in they're told, Oh, hey, you're a full blown diabetic or gee, you got heart disease or, Hey, you know what? Sorry. You got yeah. cancer. Right. You got to look at your labs on a regular basis. I love that you're doing trend analysis like that, man. More people need to do it. And I think, you know, it's really all about when do you make that commitment that say your health matters? You know, like I always say, I think I told you this when we first chatted, guys, it's like people spend more time, you know, figuring out what the next refrigerator they're going to buy or the next car they're going to buy or the next house they're going to buy or how they're going to treat their lawn They'll spend more time doing that than understanding the most important thing that they have, their health. 
And you know what? Because you don't get to enjoy the new refrigerator. You don't get to drive the new car around. You don't get to get out there and work your yard. You don't get to go do anything when your health is right. bad, right? So anyway, you're 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 right on. It's it's so important that people look at that, and that's what I that's what I've done all these years is I've just continued to research trend yeah. analysis. You know, and people don't get that. Hey, when your uh, C-reactive protein is above one, you're making too many inflammatory right. compounds, and you should work to get it down below that. Now, there's also that advanced stuff of where are you exposed to things, things like you know metals, for example, and you know folks that are you know, do a lot yeah. of hunting, you know, shoot a lot, get a lot of right. powder, man. You got to look at that kind of stuff. You know, hey, where's my lead at? What's going on with that? Do I need to get that out of me? I mean, I think there's some of that stage two stuff. You know, the for stage one stuff is, God, I got to establish mm-hmm. a baseline, you know, really important. Yeah, you because know, I think the big thing everybody complains about is one, let's face it, in the U.S., this is how it goes. I'm tired. I'm fat. Yep. Right. I don't have it. I, I, I don't sleep well. Right. I'm gassy. I'm bloated. And I'm cognitively pushing a thought through yep. yellow. I mean, that's the yep. biggies, right? You know, and, and all of that can be changed, but you have to do like what you're doing. You got to take a notice of your health. So if you were to, I guess, before we talk about the individual products that you developed and some of the stuff that Ross and I have been using, when someone comes in, and let's just say that they're they're not necessarily abreast of their current situation from an internal perspective. They know they don't feel good. They know they don't look how they used to. They're right. not sleeping well. Sure. Yep. What is your somewhat, I guess, uh, approach with that? And then also the reply to 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 healing them. Is it immediately we're going to go on a pharmaceutical to bring you down, or is it we're going to look at all of these problems from a potentially pharmaceutical or potentially supplemental or potentially behavioral. Do you approach it from all of those things or is there, is there a solid approach that you have case by case? I mean, I'm sorry, exclusively, or do you go case by case on, on what you look at there? Uh, it, well, I mean, I always prefer and, and forever, like my docs and my clinics, the docs I teach, I prefer let's understand your stress. Cause you know, you can't just think you're going to take a pill, Right. So let's understand stress and how you're going to manage that. You know, is it mindfulness? Is it uh, something as simple as box breathing three minutes yep. twice a day, right? Reset your nervous system. What is it that we need to do with that? Like, so the the, the psychological approach is there. I got my master's in theology and pastoral wellness. So I really dig being able to talk to people about you know, what's going on yeah. in their life. I don't try to be a counselor. I send them to counselors, but I got to understand sure. it. And then I like to change lifestyle and give people nutrients wherever possible first. Like I want them to adopt moving. I want them to adopt learning how to eat better food, what foods are right for them. And I want them to know what nutrients they can take. And then I've got to be able to get them to take nutrients that matter. Like I, you know, when you take stuff and you don't feel it, it's very hard to stay Mm -hmm. motivated. So I make uh, the very big thing I try to do with people is let's target some things that I know you're going to mm-hmm. feel because mm-hmm. if you feel it, you're, you can, Hey, I can keep going right. forward. I can move forward, man. I feel better. I'm not as tired. I'm not gassy. Gee, I'm sleeping better. You know, whatever, whatever those things are. Right. Um, cause it's, cause I have such a diverse clientele of people that are, you know, 
rheumatoid arthritis to, you know, an athlete performing that all of a sudden they feel like things are off because they, they know their twitch is off, right? Their nervous system's off. So I always do that. Then we'll look to things like, you know, are there peptides? Uh, is it bioidentical hormone replacement that's needed? Sometimes, you know, like a 55-year-old male comes in, he's got a 200 testosterone. You know, he needs right. testosterone. Yeah. And, and we're going to give it to him, uh, not in a super physiologic way. I'm a big believer in keeping things within range, but being optimized. So what's it tell us? And then if people need medication, they need medication. Sometimes they do. Look, I'm a clinical pharmacist. I I believe that modern drug therapy has value, but it's not the only value. It's a piece of the toolkit. You know, it's like one fat asset that you have. And I, I lean heaviest on natural compounds, and I lean heaviest on natural compounds that have yeah. impact. And, uh, and then I lean real heavy on teaching people that, no, you just can't eat whatever you want. You know, don't think that there's a pill. Hey, I can just take this Crestor and I'm not going to have heart disease. So I'm going to eat all the pizza and chicken right. wings I want. Well, that's, right? well, I think that's that. what the, the pharmaceutical world has done at large is it's removed personal accountability to improve as well. It's yeah. like, if you take this pill, you'll feel better, which you probably will, but you're also in the same behavior cycle that got you sick. Yeah. You know, that's one of the biggest problems <laughs> I see with pharmaceuticals. You know, in my experience right. is that most people are willing to add the pill mm -hmm but want the same behaviors. You know, I, I want to take metformin so I can have the pizza and have the tacos and all these other things rather than I'm going to take the metformin for when I do have a couple slices of pizza or do have a couple tacos as a, as a buffer, yeah, but right. not the, the, right. you know, in replace of your, right. your behavior profile, you know? Yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong. Look, I am, I'm, I mean, my father was one of the top hundred chefs in the world, guys. I grew up. He's the most interesting I man in the world. <laughs> it's every he time he says something, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to make that note down and add that to the list. <laughs> yeah. Now's a beer, and I can that uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I grew up in. I mean, I grew up in the food industry. I get food. Um, he was literally highly acclaimed. I mean, awards everywhere. And, you know, I think people have to appreciate food. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know, you go to Europe and you eat, yeah, you, I don't care where you go. I, you know, you go to New Zealand and you eat food. It's fresher. People are wanting foods yeah. that taste like something. Portion sizes are smaller. I, I, you know, there's so many facets to eating and look, I still like a good piece of pizza, man. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I love tiramisu. I'm a, I'm a, mm. I'm Italian. It's my heritage. It's love, but yeah, I, I don't eat pasta every day. I don't even eat pizza once a week, man. It's yeah. a treat, but it's you, just to, to your point. Um, it's not that you have to become OCD about eating everything perfect. And gee, was that baked potato wrapped in aluminum foil before it was baked? You know, that kind of stuff. You don't need to go crazy, but at the same time, you got to get responsible. You just flat out have to get responsible. Yeah, that's really important. And, uh, you know, and there's no one diet to tread for everybody. Right. I mean, you know, right now yeah. we're being pushed to eat crickets. Right. I mean, I'm not. You a, will I'm, eat the bugs. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I'm not a, I don't even I mean, I tried the cricket protein bars, man. They taste like <laughs> taste like bugs. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, how am I? Why am I doing this? 
No, I did it once because I had to see what it was like. I was like, I'm not going to eat that. It tastes terrible. Yeah. You know, and and I think a lot of this processed food, it's not so good either. Like, oh, plant-based burgers. Well, first of all, why do you need to shape it in a burger? Are you basically saying you really want a burger? Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean, can't you shape it in maybe some other shape? That's one of the funniest things I've seen is like the people who create the lab-grown meat or whatever. It's like, if you're trying to create something different, why are you trying to make it look like the thing you say is bad? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah, it's negative negative programming, right? Because you still want the burger. I mean, you know, I'm eating a plant-based burger, but I'm really looking at it going, gee, I wish this was white. <laughs> right? I wish this. I mean, you know, like, look, I'm a big advocate. Like, I want people to get wild-caught fish. I love wild game. Oh, man. Like, you know, elk, mm-hmm. kudu. I mean, God, kudu. Delicious. Good stuff. Yak, right? It's a, that's some real good meat, right? And I, I love all of it, right? But it's also in moderation too. You know, you can overeat. Right now it's popular for the carnivore mm-hmm. diet, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's real simple. There's so many studies that say if all you do is eat meat, you're going to create more endotoxemia in your body. So if you're going to be out, if you're going to do it on a carnivore diet, make sure you're yeah. getting fiber. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, that's, there's, there's nothing that, you know, I love when people create this, oh, there's pesticides in vegetables and you shouldn't eat them. Oh, really? Well, that pesticide is protecting the bugs that are trying to eat it. And they actually end up being compounds that are actually favorable oh. to us. So, you know, there's always this, this stir of what's the right diet, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, um, look, well, we do need to eat plants. I'm sorry. You know, vegetables are good. I hate to tell people that, yeah. but they're good. They really are. They're good for you and they're good. Um, but, and also lean meats are good, man. Fish game uh you know pro- appropriately raised cattle appropriately raised yeah. bison venison all that man that's good mm-hmm. um but at the same time you know we can't create all these skewings oh i'm eating a fodmap paleo vegan vegan diet today you know right and tomorrow i'm going to be on a whatever well, diet right there's you know, I don't know if you guys saw it did you see it at uh, whole foods initiated the paleo yeah product? yeah yeah did you see the yeah. paleo you dial it in and you push it and it increases the resistance when you're going through the meat aisle. So it's like you're hunting. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Kidding. <laughs> oh Please. my gosh. There was a, that reminds me of a, it reminds me of a quote from, uh, I think it was Kelly Starrett. And it was on a podcast that it was on a podcast that he had done a long time ago. And they were talking about like some just, ridiculously expensive piece of workout equipment, right? It was like one that simulates underwater running or something like that. It's like a $40,000 machine. And he just goes, man, we figured out how to sell shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's yeah. a killer, man. He, he's such a, such a brilliant uh, dude, man. That's, that's you know what's part one. of the problem though, is it's like it, with the social media world, and this is a little bit off topic, but it's an important point just in case somebody finds himself that's listening in this mode. We are, we are such, um, like labelers, self labelers. Like you're not just eating to improve your health. No, I am carnivore or I am Atkins or (laughs) I am this, or I am that. Like we, we brand ourselves by our nutrition plan, you know? And then it's like, well here, shit, I've created an entire page as the carnivore kick-ass badass. So now I can't ever go (laughs) off carnivore because this is my whole model. This is everything I am. So 
I, you know, when I was powerlifting, as you can imagine, the the caloric consumption was insane. But ten to twelve. What were you taking? Yeah, that was that was a that was a pretty good swing point because on my non-training days, I was around six thousand. On my training days, I was seventy five hundred to eight thousand. So the the catch point was around seven. But nevertheless, um, tons of red meat, tons of rice, tons of potatoes, and after my competitions. I would do a week of pescatarian, just kind of like a lot of salads, yeah. fish, eggs. And then the following week, I would do pretty much just a plant-based, almost, I wouldn't say a fast because I was ingesting food, but but very like right. one to two meals a day, salad or fruit oriented. And man, it was very yeah. easy for me to be like, holy crap, the pescatarian diet's amazing. Holy crap, vegetarianism is amazing because after 12 or 14 weeks of eating 7,000 calories, my body was just like, thank God. Thank God. I, <laughs> Give yeah. me a break. That, yeah, right. They just rest. Your, your intestines saying, yeah. no. You do care. But that's the thing yeah, is right? that, you know, so many of these people, especially when they're really, uh, you know, at a, at a tough place to begin, when they go on a carnivore diet, yes, you're going to see immediate positive result. When you go on a vegetarian diet, you're going to see sure. immediate positive result. It's more of the six weeks to the 12 weeks to the six months where I start to see people really, you get into the, the breadth of what you're doing and that's where the actual result yes. starts to come. But that's also where a lot of people are so, it's like a CrossFitter that goes to CrossFit. Now everybody knows he goes to CrossFit, right? They've made this part of their right. identity to the point that it's like, it's just like a guy that, that wants to stop drinking alcohol and he tells everyone, you know, I'm not going to drink anymore. Well, it's like, that just turns up the heat on people trying to say, Hey, you need a drink. You, you sure you're not going to drink with us? It's like, just do your, oh, man, just do your fun. work in silence. Like if this is your decision yes. and be willing to change it when the feedback is poor, you know, I, that's, that's how I am. Oh. I, I eat very strategically. Like I know what my meal is day to day, more or less. But I also know that when I don't feel like that's a good thing for me that day, I'm willing to adapt, you know? And I think that's, that's a tough place to explain to people who are in a bad place because that is the temptation right back to the life they were living. So how do you kind of talk to, yeah, that's what how do you talk to your clients and your patients in that regard? And one, getting them to adhere two, not getting them to marry to the adherence necessarily, but then also right. third, right. to not let it consume their identity. Like, hey, you're not going to be a new person just because you lose 50 pounds or you 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 reverse the, right. the effects of diabetes. You're you. You're just right. a, a more a proper working version of what you were designed to yeah. do. So how do you help yeah. them realize that that's always going to be changing? It's not going to be one diet forever. It's not going to be one training system forever. It's going to be an ever-evolving thing. And I just don't think there's enough yeah, people, especially on the sales side, that are telling people that, you know. Yeah, I think adaptability is key. I, mean, I don't train how I trained in my 20s is different than how I trained mm-hmm. in my 30s. It's different how I trained in my 50s and it's different how I trained in my 60s. Food wise, uh, same thing. I take in less <clears throat> as I'm aging. I don't need as much. I'm not trying. I mean, I'm a, it, it's first of all, I, I try to establish with people. Well, what's your goal? What do you really mm-hmm. want? You know, what, what, is it just that you want to lose weight? Okay, I got that. We can do that. But, you know, let's adapt a lifestyle that allows you to bring out the best possible mm-hmm. you. And that means that things are going to change. And that means that not everyone 
each the exact same way. Like I always tell people, there's a sliding scale of proteins, carbs, and fats. And when you're starting out to get a result, there's a diet that I use most of the time, like Mm. 95% of the time that it works and people can do it, right? But then I need them to, I need to adapt to them on, are they Persian? Are they Indian? Mm. Are they, you know, there's cultural things that you have to adapt into a diet Mm. as well. You know, you know, honoring where they come from and what's important to them. And so you have that aspect to it. And I, and I think the biggest thing that I, I always try to tell people is that, you know, I'm never trying to take things away from you. I'm trying to give you your best options so that you can get mm-hmm. to your goal. And the area of food, I want you to try this. And you know what? Then we're going to see if you can tolerate more carbs. Hey, what's your favorite food? <clears throat> is there a substitute or is it just something that we're going to, you're going to get to have every once in a while and you right. get to love on it. You know, like what, where do we really, um, you know, you, you motivate people not by telling them what they're doing. Yeah. wrong. You don't, you don't motivate people mm-hmm. that way. You got to praise them in their lowest level, man. You got to give them some esteem and tell them, I have people coming to me, they're broken and they just think they're bad and they think that they can't hold up uh, a program. And what the reality is, is that the stress has knocked down their serotonin and now they're craving, I want that chocolate covered pretzel with sea salt, caramel, and bacon on it. Yeah. <laughs> I want that right pretty now. awesome. Yeah. I you guys. It's like, it's like yeah, it sounds good. Are we doing I lost that my next? focus for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what happens with people, right? It's like they don't realize that they're actually their chemistry can be driving their food decisions. So let's mm. get the chemistry right so that now you make food decisions that make sense and you enjoy food. Like like I said, my, my dad, I grew up around food. We love food. My wife and I, we cook our food from scratch. Christian grew up on learn, knowing how to cook in a kitchen, right? I mean, he's a hell of a cook. I mean, in fact, I mean, you talk about a guy that knows how to smoke, smoke meat, yeah. man. I mean, that guy's <laughs> on. So anyway, the point being is, we, we have to get people to that point because there isn't any one diet. Like, you know, everybody, oh, the blue zones, blue zones. Everybody's eating Mediterranean. Well, first of all, you don't live in a Mediterranean. That's the one strike against it. Two, you don't walk like people walk in a Mediterranean. Yeah. Nobody's walking five miles up and down 500 steps at 85 yeah. years old. <laughs> you know, three, one of the biggest factors that we lose sight of there, and I think for um, Brandon, I know you and Ross, we, we talk about this. And I know you guys have this sense. You know, people as they age in those cultures, they're, they're, they're relevant mm-hmm. still. They, they become, they're a part of the society in their 80s and they're contributing and they feel like, hey, there's a reason for me mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. longer. I, I watched it. My father came to live with us when he was 79. He had a duodenal endocarcinoma, Whipple surgery, three years. Typically, he'd live three years on that. But he comes to our house and he's cooking breakfast for my kid. You know, Christian's getting like world famous chef cooking <laughs> breakfast every morning, right? My, my, my father's going, oh, my God, I get to be with my grandson every day. I get to go to his games. I get to do all this stuff. I'm a part of a family. Guy lived in 91, yeah. man. I mean, and I think that we lose context that it's not about a pill. It's, it's not even about what food you pick. It's not how much you exercise. Yes. All those are important. They're all constructs. It's really important that you get your, I'd say that desire 
to, to be, you know, to love that desire to help others, that desire to be connected mm. to something greater than you, all of that plays together. And you asked me, how do I get people to do that? When people come to me, they know I freaking care about them and they know I'm a hundred percent in their corner for every minute I'm on a phone with them or if I'm yeah. live with them. And that is what makes the biggest difference. If you want to, in my opinion, it's like support care. Brandon, when I listened to you and you were telling me when we were at our chat, um, in our first time, and you're telling me about how, you know, people are coming to you and they're pouring their heart out to you and you're, you're helping them. That's, I mean, yeah. that's purpose, right? And yes. then, then great compounds. I'm very proud of the kind of compounds that I designed, right? They, I know, you know, you had some kids send you some yeah. bottles and say, Hey, yeah. take this. And, well, this is a good, this is a good segue Perfect. into this. So keep, weirdly, keep going with this. Weirdly, yeah. You guys just chewed it up. I could have put something yeah, weird right? in there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the real test. Yeah. yeah, that was like I knew okay, unmarked bottles, like me, handwritten know. labels, <laughs> test <laughs> sample. All I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's. Right. I, I want to actually get into that a little bit now and give you some time to kind of go over these sure. specific products, especially the ones that, like you said, that uh, we were super grateful that you sent for us to try out. Um, but I'm really interested too, um, because we were talking about when we were on our when we were on our chat a couple weeks back. Uh, the, the concept of peptides is kind of like yeah. the thing now. It kind of seems like it's one of those real sure. popular concepts of supplementation right. or, or, you know, any anything in this world. I, I'm always hearing like peptides are the thing now, right? And uh, I hadn't even hadn't even really had any concept of what they were until about a month prior to when we got on the phone because we had right. like we had done a, a Q&A episode and somebody had asked about BPC-157. Uh, right. and Brandon knew what it was, but I'm like, I have no clue what that is. Brandon, you take this yeah. one. Right. And then like, that was my first introduction to it. And then we start talking to Christian and you, and he's like, Hey, we got this stuff. So I start reading into, I'm like, damn, okay. This is like pretty cool stuff. And then, uh, right. having some great experiences with the stuff that you had sent. So I'm wondering like, as you've seen this in these last handful of years become kind of a thing and right. the potential behind a lot of it. How did like where was all of this in your product development and, and deciding this is this is worth sure. doing basically right? Well, yeah, you know, at probably over the last decade, peptides came into the forefront. I mean, insulin yeah. was the first peptide discovered. Mm -hmm. You know, nineteen twenty-three. Yeah. You know, insulin's been around a long time. It's a peptide. Peptides are just chains of amino acids that are smaller than protein that your body makes, and then they're signaling compounds. They tell your body to heal or to reduce inflammation or to improve hormone production any number of things right and you know you know peptides hit it when rogan's had like three guests talking about it right. last month right, I right. Mean, that's, you, know, it's, you know it's like okay it's in the public consciousness joe rogan's yeah. covering it uh and and so it, it it's another great tool in the toolbox all right that's mm. all i'm gonna say just like yeah people think i'm just gonna do peptide people come to me i just want to do peptides well, go right. to somebody else Right. Because for me, you, you kind of got to get the, it's, look, if it's an acute injury, fine, right? That You just do something for that acute thing. But when it's chronic, you know, you still got to change your diet. You still got to change the garbage in story, yeah. right? Garbage in, garbage out. You got to create healthy in. Then the peptides actually can enhance it. I, my first big, big, when I went, aha, I've got to get serious about this. And I wrote a book on, you know, peptide handbook, you know, 
wrote a book on that last year uh, that's out. And uh, But Christian actually had an injury. He had a Liz oh, Frank wow. injury, yeah. which is a, a big injury, right? You know, you tear the ligaments in the foot. You can't plant. Se- you know, second playoff game, senior year. He's a two-sport All-State kid, right? So I had five months to get him ready to throw the discus. On a Liz Frank, it's usually at least – 12 to 18 months before you're going to really load that fit, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I took her to a killer surgeon. We injected peptides and PRP and and uh, into the area of the surgery uh, during the surgery, right? Drop I had the same there, thing. Made some yep. Yeah, yep. make some magic, right? Um, and then he had no swelling, no discoloration, we put them on a a uh, a complex immediately after low low electrical stem keep down the yep. the inflammation keep the conductivity to the muscle right try to get the brain to remember where the foot is right because that's the big issue when you get an injury like that in five months I had him spinning on that foot as the load foot and he won the California State Discus Championship <laughs> I- now. In- that, that's right, not supposed right. to happen, right? I mean, right. I'm not yeah. talking about my look, Christian's a good athlete. That's all good. I'm just talking about the healing of an athlete that should have taken three times that long. And I've had that stuff repeatedly. So peptides are incredibly powerful. Um, now, the FDA's kind of put a little bit of kibosh on some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still moving forward. There's new peptides, bioregulators. There's all kinds. If there of was any more ways. proof that they were awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said yeah. that, Ross. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Remember, I'm the guy that doesn't. We've got a we, we've got a huge anyway. disclaimer against all this stuff, so don't worry. We we'll, we'll keep you safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about it. It's all good. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. So I think you know, um, like for example, we're doing some research right now where you do peptides in a long chain, and they put a break in them between the mm-hmm. peptides. So it's a strand of proteins, but when it goes in your body, it breaks up with the pepsin break because the acid hits the stomach and then they break up and then you have peptide oh. delivery. But mm. weekly right. proteins. By definition. So yeah, yeah. By definition. And so they're hey, it's a, just a really supercharged cool protein. That's power. that's perfect. So the the thing that I wanted to kind of get you to delve into, one just so we have so people can have an idea of what products you are coming with. But also one thing that you really impressed sure. upon me, we'll just talk about the curcumin. Like uh, it's a popular product. You see it everywhere. But what you shared with us is that the concentration levels and the delivery methods really um, diminish the, the effectiveness and the availability of the product in system. So just tell a little bit about, you know, why you're doing things the way you're doing and what products you're coming out with. So just so people can be ready. Cause these are things yeah, sure. that Ross and I are using, you know, it's something that we're committed to, to understanding and, and using ongoing. That's why you're here. You know, this is something that we've seen, right. you know, sure. immediate result with. So as someone who's worked with supplement companies, been in the fitness industry, seen every snake oil sa- salesman come and go, seen every kind of product from Androstein Dione, all, you know, all the way up to, to what we're dealing with now, which is kind of a re envisionment of these organ or these organ supplements. You know, I've seen the right. trends, or, or right, right. but you're, you're kind of in the throes <laughs> of development. So from your stance, anybody that's listening to this, it's like, look, 
I'd want to take supplements, but I want to know what I'm taking and getting. Why don't you break down what you're doing so they can have at least uh, an idea of what you're about so they can make an informed choice. You know what I mean? Well, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, like what I'd say I'm a boutique formulator. I, I look for things that aren't in the market or are novel. And so we developed a technology uh, called LipoTab. It's worldwide patent pending actually for all drugs and all nutrients. And my, my partner actually designed the, developed it. His dad, he was a pharmaceutical scientist. And when he showed me what it did, so the big problem you have with curcumin, it's called a class four compound. It right. doesn't absorb that well. So when you make the particles really small and then you wrap them in lipids, now you hear about liposomes, but liquid liposomes tend to agglomerate back together. So they become too big to absorb. We found a way that they stay mm. small and we can show it in electron microscopy. Literally, I can show you the particles passing through a camera and their fluoroscope to be lit up so you can see that they're staying small. And then that liposome delivery allows it to get super absorbed. And so, for example, that curcumin, why we love that so much is it really helps people with, you know, what it's been for is managing normal inflammatory response, you know, keeping you from feeling the aches and pains of maybe training or just getting older, right? You're managing a normal inflammatory response. And and it's so true that a lot of times things don't absorb that well. One of the other, probably the biggest thing that we've done, because I've had everything from race car drivers to motorcycle racers to executives to people with just cognitive slur is uh, our product we call Synapsin. Mm -hmm. And Synapsin, there's Synapsin and then Synapsin Ultra. Ross, I think you actually got the a good bit stuff. Of the, got a little bit of the, got the, the Ultra. Ultra, right? We got the Ultra. Yep. Was, you got Ultra. I didn't even get it yet. This idea that's what gets me. My son's already like, well, I like you guys more than you. They're getting your first stuff off the top. But but I mean, so so it turns out that, you know, as, as we get more inflamed and sympathetic dominant, we stay in fight or flight, we start to create neuroinflammation. And that means that I think more foggy. I'm not as clear headed. My reflexes are off. Um, I just, my brain just feels tired, right? So I started working with this as a nasal spray 15 years ago because the, the compound's so expensive. I was trying to get it to be delivered without having to just take it orally by a regular capsule. You couldn't afford it. Hmm. It's too expensive. Well, this new technology came on board and we put the ginsenicide R3. It's a ginseng. It's one fraction of ginseng that has been known to help in, in the brain, right? And I've done, I started it because I was working on autistic kids. I was trying to help autistic kids with their, with their mental function. That's when the research started almost 20 years ago. So then I started finding out, holy crap, you know, when I, I was the first one to make it and, t- and then I was the first one to take it, right? So I was like, hey, I'll take, I think I'll take this liquid and shove it up my nose. Uh, and I, that was how it started, a nasal spray. And I was like, wow, cognition, really good. Um, then we started giving it to people. We have 220,000 people that we followed uh, post-surveillance on this as a nasal spray. We put it in a tablet. I give it to a f- couple people and they go, man, I am so clear headed mm-hmm. quickly. I feel sharper, but not jacked up. You know, the mm-hmm. problem with people taking amphetamine or taking Vyvanse or taking Adderall. That just leads them to goo brain at the end of the day when it wears off. That's what I call it. It's like, hey, you feel like your brain just froze because yeah. the drug wore off. 
It's like, yeah, that's how it is. Well, this kind of gives you heightened acuity. Um, my people that, you know, shoot, they go, whether it's skeet or target, they go, wow, man, I'm dialed in better. Uh, if it, I got a motorcycle racer right now, you know, they do ro- motorcycle racing sims, right? So you're in a simulator and usually if you're really good, you can run that thing at up to maybe four times the normal speed. He is at mm-hmm. 22 times the normal speed. <laughs> and he, well, I used to insane, race motorcycles. Right? So mm-hmm. understanding 4X of what that would be perceptive, like 23X would just be absurd. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is that he went his first time on a course. And if you used to race motorcycles, you get this. Motorcycle courses Very. are demanding. You put in the third fastest time in the history of the course. The first time he got on, that says a lot. You need, you usually yeah, need a yeah, lot of a lot of laps to learn that feel, to learn your positioning. It's it's not something that somebody can yeah. just. I mean, even a Valentino Rossi character, you know, somebody at that level, um, he could probably do that level of performance. But it's you know, top three at any course, first time is a very very impressive feat. Yeah, and 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 he said, "I don't ever want to be yeah. without this stuff." And then what's interesting is some people take it and then they go, well, I don't know how much it's helping me. And then they stop and then they go, Oh, I don't ever want to get out that stuff. And it's not because yeah. it feels addictive. It's because my head feels, mm-hmm. my head feels clear. And I honestly believe guys like, you know, I'm in my sixties. I'm pretty sharp yeah. still. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pretty dang sharp. And, and I, I just got on stage and lectured 22 hours in three days. And, you know, and I don't, it just comes out, right? So you know, there's no stutters and no ums, and I, and I, I've been on it for almost 20 yeah. years, and I really believe it's part of it. And so one of the most important things you can do is have a bright mm-hmm. mind, like feel sharp, have good reflexes. So you know, we notice that people get better reflexes. They're reporting that you know the reaction time is better. All those things are there. So the reason we could do that is the liposome technology. I could embed less of that ingredient into that technology. You chew it up and, you know, you guys know, you've tried it. Five, ten minutes, mm-hmm. you're going, wait a second, something changed. And I, I literally had an experience. I had a, was around a board meeting. Three of the board members were former SEAL team guys. And I said, hey, everybody, I want you to chew the white pill. And they're like, <laughs> Not yeah. enough. You just got to chew it. You just got to chew it. Don't, I'm, I'm not going to kill you. You know, I might maim you right. a little bit. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to kill you. Right? <laughs> I mean, but, but there was not, but, but it was, they chewed it up. And in a minute, all three of the SEAL team guys basically said, what's in that? Yep. <laughs> and yep. I, I said, why? And they said, because my focus became present. And my alertness and it, and those guys get it because they're talking yeah, yeah. on that, you know, like when yep. bring it up when they got to bring it down, right? Yep. They they were just this is the real deal, uh, and so we're very excited. And the one I gave both of you mm-hmm. that ultra, it's four ingredients stacked all for different aspects of cognition. That when you chew it, it should be. You know, one of my my partner when he chewed one off of the off the assembly line, he goes, I feel like I can teleport. Well, that day that we is, talked, uh, I had just taken it and, and it was 10, 15 minutes. And I said, my brain started to feel like champagne, like effervescence in my brain. And then it was like, 
it, it was a good idea day. You know what I mean? That was a good idea day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. And then, you know, the other one is, uh, you know, we've got a dietary supplement is BPC-157. And uh, once again, there's a lot of BPC-157 out there. I mean, you know, you can get capsules, all that stuff. But what we have found is that when you put it in this technology, you absorb it better. And now all of a sudden you're getting the full effects of BPC-157. Mm-hmm which of course relates on everything from, you know, helping the brain to normalize, you know, mood to, to, you know, helping with that, you know, normal inflammatory response that people should get. Hey, I'm AKG. I'm trying to repair from something. And uh, it's really quite effective. And, you know, I, I love it when people take things. I mean, when I did this project, when we, when my partner and I first met and he told me about the, his technology, I told him, Oh, you're full of crap. There's no way this works. And he told me, hey, there's no way that ingredient does what you say it does. I mean, I had, I, had, mm-hmm. uh, I have the license out to 7,000 compounding pharmacists making it in the, in the nasal spray because you can't – a nasal spray is not a dietary right. supplement. Yeah. Right? Nobody eats through their nose. Yeah. Yep. You know? So, you know, so, um, so we tried it, and, and he'd been making products for 30 years, to your point, uh, Brandon, about – products you make and hey some work some are crap you know hey i'm just making what the customer wants he chews it up and it, he called me immediately said this works i was like well yeah <laughs> i i only make right. things that work i mean i only design <laughs> things that work um and he was like really tied into that from that moment on he's like all right we're gonna really exploit this lipo tab technology i gave you guys uh, the new name for the curcumin is Tetracure, okay. yep. uh, which is coming out. Uh, you guys probably have yep. it, maybe even. I know it came off. Yep. Like, I don't have it yet, but once again, <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'm talking to the right people. That's right. That's right. Uh, That's right. So, well, I'll hook you so, up. Don't worry uh, about it. Just let me know what you need. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. <laughs> so the um, so the uh, so Tetracure is the curcumin. Uh, Synapsin and Synapsin Ultra are the cognitive ones. And I got to tell you, if people want to try one thing, they should really try that. Most people I talk to struggle with Mm -hmm. cognition. They really have trouble keeping alert through the course of the day. And then, of course, our BPC lipo tab. Those are the three, you know, kind of, you know, stars that we came out with. But, you know, we're using acetylglutathione, glutathione for detoxification to keep your body's antioxidant status up. We've got a killer green tea extract that, you know, green tea's got a lot of antiviral properties. You know, you can't make claims about that, but if you read the studies on it, pretty fantastic in addition to the metabolism stuff Mm -hmm. that it does. So we've got a killer green tea. I mean, it really works. I mean, it's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, And then, you know, the other, you know, products that Metabolic Elite has, that's our company, Metabolic Elite. And, you know, our, our advisory board, you know, Ben Peterson, strength coach, San Francisco yep. 49ers, you know, Mike Potenza, strength coach, performance lead, Golden State Warriors, Cal Dietz. I mean, just about everybody knows yeah, Cal right. Dietz, right? Yeah. With, his, with his work with resetting the nervous system. We've got the who's who in advisors that once again, I learn something from them guys every day. We're going to do the research in the labs with this stuff on the nervous system. You know, Cal is going to be spearheading that. So that's, you know, those are the key things is, you know, metabolic elite, we've got a great testosterone product that uh, helps to support your testosterone. I've got doctors that say, you know, I've never 
given a botanical that raised testosterone. I was just at the, this annual and here he is. He's back. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know I was that controversial that they pulled Dude, mid sentence. <laughs> they cut us live. You start, you start talking about making men healthy and they get pissed, you know? <laughs> no kidding. So you you when oh, I lost you, so you were weird. at a conference and you were discussing the um, the oral testosterone botanical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a botanical that'll raise it about 150 points, and we're doing research right now on a tablet version using our Lipotap technology with testosterone. Now that would be a prescription, you know, you couldn't buy that over the counter, but the testosterone product that we have, um, T factor, it flat out works. I mean, doc come up to me and say, Hey, I'm using it and it works. And we're, you know, we're never going to be a, a thorn research or a metagenics. It's got 2000 products. I mean, I, I, I make very targeted things. Like, are you feeling stressed out? You're feeling anxious. You feel like you're overeating. We got a killer product for that, right? That's Tranquil Auto. So we're very focused about those kind of things. But the the T-Factor is amazing. It really does do a great job. Well, I think that's important. That's awesome. Sorry, Ross. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the having something, having like a lineup of stuff, like you said, you're seeking out things that like really kind of weren't available or doing it in a way that wasn't currently available uh, I think is cool. And we were talking about in that little gap where we had lost you to the, to the, the feds cutting our, <laughs> our feed uh, was there's, there's a lot of stuff in this realm that I think people get so caught up in seeing all of these, all, like how many billions of things that people see in the sub in the supplement yeah. world and through all these social media people pushing stuff. Sure. Right. And it's like our whole conversation has been about this started from a very personal place for you right and testing out all these things and being somebody who's done all this stuff for so long because i think that's the other part too is like people will just get fed supplements and then you look at the guy that's doing it and you're like okay but like who are you what have you like what have you done in terms of even just taking care of yourself right like how can you like how what kind of visual billboard are you for me the the doctor right like mario batali that tells me i need to do anything He's like, you need to lose some weight, (laughs) young man. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's coming from a really cool perspective there, which I think is what was so attractive for the two of us to to want to talk to you more. And and ultimately, you know, kind of the other part of this podcast is to tell everybody, like, we're going to be working together in in some ways and we're going to have and which is something that we're both super excited about. Um, So I'm glad that you had the chance to talk about the specific products too. And like what we've been using and, and trying out for these last couple of months, which has been great. Cause we'll have, um, we were just getting some of the stuff finalized yesterday that Christian sent over, but we'll have some discount codes for listeners of the podcast, uh, to help Absolutely. like help people get some of these products even easier. Right? right. So it's just something that we're both really excited about. And I know that we're, we're running into the, the clock as far as your super busy schedule. So I wanted to make sure that we like let people know all this stuff and how like really just pumped and grateful we are uh, that we get to do awesome stuff. Yeah. Right. And that with, with rad hey. people. And that's kind of the whole point. Well, I'm really looking forward to it guys. I mean, if, you know, I go, I, I always do business on relationships and it's uh, 30 seconds. I usually know whether I'm going to be, you know, wanting to do something yeah. or not. And you guys are amazing. <laughs> I, I, Love your perspective, and I love what we're going to do together, man. We're going to we're going to we're going to clear out some more chatter out there and get that's people right. onto some real solutions, and that, that, that's what it's all for about. For sure, 
It's great. Well, you're great, Jim. Christian's been awesome. And the products are, are everything that you promised and more. So, you know, just from my two cents have, like I said, have been around the industry and even to say to a, a company like Thorne, you know, they make excellent products, but as you mentioned, they have 2000 products and that's a, that's a lot of picking and choosing, which comes with a lot of education and information. What you've done is a lot of the education information in your lifetime. And now you address systems. You're not saying here's one thing for this ailment or that ailment. And you got to take these five things. You've created a cognitive system, a gut health system, kind of like a, a you know, right. you've approached the body in systems. And I think for someone who yeah. doesn't have the time, the education on all of this stuff, you don't have to take our word for it necessarily, but you've done the evidential backing for all of this stuff. And you have no reason to, to make an inferior product. Like you don't need this income. You don't need this. I, I don't want to say headache cause it's a passion project, but you don't, you don't need yeah. something to slow down all the progress that you've got going on elsewhere. So I really want to impress that upon people, how good they were for us, how good they are in general. And, and really it's a different approach to supplementation in general, I think. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. You said that better than I could have, man. That's exactly <laughs> Well, right. you know, if you ever need me to speak for you or anything, you just, you know where to find me. <laughs> Brandon can be your, Brandon can be your speaker. I'll be your hookup guy for the supplements that I get before you. So. <laughs> yes, we're gonna, we're, I had no idea it was going to work out this year. <laughs> uh, too funny. Well, Jim, thanks so much for making time, man. We had a blast talking and we'll do it. I know we'll, we'll continue to work and talk and stuff in the future, but it was really awesome to have a whole a whole podcast where we could just take it a bunch of different yep. places so appreciate your time and it was it was a blast Thanks so man. much oh it's great right, thanks guys you have a great evening and enjoy the upcoming weekend all right brother we'll talk to you soon yes, sir see, see you. you man bye